Hello and welcome to St Tom's Online. Please find this morning's recording of Morning Prayer. Good morning to those of you who are, who are watching. Um, I can see five little eyes at the top of my screen. Um, yeah, I hope you're all doing well. Um, be great if you could leave a comment. Um, just say hi. Not even to me, just to each other. I can facilitate. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Danny. Hope you're both well. Right. Good morning, Mary. I am going to pray and... Um, just commit this next 15-20 minutes to, to God and then uh, I'll start. So Lord, um, I pray that you really um, bless us this morning as we dedicate the next, uh, the next few minutes to you and really help us to clear our minds and focus on you um, and forget everything that's coming later on in the day or the week or that we've got to face. Um, and then we'll just focus on our minds on you and how great you are. Amen. Good morning, Bob. So, I am using, again, Letco365. For those of you who knew me last week, you'll know uh, that's what we used. Um, today, uh, today's is titled Position for Influence. And it's looking at uh, the story of Esther. So, it starts by looking at Psalm 9, verses 9 to 10. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. I'll read that one more time. The Lord is a shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. For you, O Lord, do not abandon those who search for you. That's Psalm 9, uh, verses 9 to 10. So this week we reflect on the story of Esther, a book of the Bible in which God is never explicitly mentioned and the word prayer is not found. Yet in this story of wealth, excess, political intrigue and abuse of power, we find moments of unexpected favour and coincidence that cast the shadow of an ever-present God across its pages. We begin the story with the Persian king Xerxes. Right, okay, sorry if I mispronounce some of these names, but they are pretty crazy. So I think it's Xerxes. But um, someone in the comments will know how to pronounce it, I'm sure. So we begin the story with Persian King Xerxes hunting for a new wife, and Esther, a young Jewish woman living in exile, whose life is about to be dramatically changed. So this is Esther chapter 2, verses 8 to 9. When the king's orders and uh, edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai, 
Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai, who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favour. Immediately he provided her with her beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven female attendants, selected from the king's palace, and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. Um, and so I think that story is very hard to read as a 21st century woman. An impulsive and oppressive king wants a wife, so the most attractive woman in his kingdom must compete for him. It is not a beauty pageant or a Disney princess origin story. There's no fairy godmother, just a man in charge of harem. There's no bull whether central couple fall in love. Just one night, one shot to please a fickle king. Do these women want to be there? Did they volunteer for a chance at wealth and power? Or were they taken, their freedom restricted, their chances at marriage and family reduced? In the midst of this uncertainty, we find Esther. Her story highlights that God's people aren't immune to difficulty and suffering. The Bible shares many stories like hers. Stories of refugees and slaves, of the exiled and imprisoned, of the persecuted and the executed. Scripture doesn't flinch from the fact that then, like today, good people are affected by evil and suffering. I think one other character that springs to mind slightly different circumstances but is Joseph uh, being imprisoned but anyway um, Esther didn't know at this point in her story that even in the challenging position she found herself in God could use her influence to bring about great good and that whoever wrote this I can't remember who wrote it it was some um, nice lady called Carla something she said, could God use my position to do good, even in places and situations that seem entirely bad? And that really sticks out to me, because I, I think for any of you here that joined the um, book and cake, where we've been looking at uh, Mike Pilavachi's book, Wasteland, um, there was a chapter in there. Well, really over the whole book, we were looking at how can we use... Uh, times of challenge, um, times of difficulty. Um, God's been doing it all throughout the Bible. Um, I mean, with Esther here specifically, we're looking at today, where uh, he takes her from her position, which is really challenging. You know, she's even brought before the king um, to you know, compete to be his wife. Um, and But he used her for such great influence. Um, so then it goes on to pray, um, which I will do. Um, and I encourage you, and you don't have to pray with me, I want to pray. You can pray your own prayer, um, because I don't know what situations you're in, only you do. Um, and I know what situations I'm in. Um, but so I think it's good to ask God to help us see past the situations we're in now and focus on what he has planned for us, because he always has a plan. So, I'm going to pray. God, I ask you to help me see the influence and opportunity of where I am. Direct my prayer and my action to bring your good. Help me to not focus on the difficult situations that I may find myself in. 
um, help me to overcome these situations, but help me to serve your purpose and your plan and help me to understand what that is. Um, The writer continues, I don't know whether all the women in King Xerxes' harem were the voluntarily were there voluntarily or not, sorry. However, over fifty million people around the world today are trafficked into forced marriages. And that's pretty shocking that that goes on today. So um, there's actually a link at the bottom of the page that I'll try to type in the comments. Um, in a bit, but I think that leads on to another time of prayer, really. So, um, to pray for the situation where there's 15 million people around the world today in our times, this is not back when the Bible was written all those years ago, this is going on today where people are trafficked around the world. So, God. I ask you to meet with every person trapped in this situation. Lord, would you work for their freedom and restoration? Would you give them peace and comfort through what must be an incredibly difficult circumstance? Would you help guide them, um, help rescue them, help those who are, who are actively seeking to stop this? Um, So this next section, the last section, invites us to yield. It says, as we return to the passage, we open our ears to hear your word, Lord, and our hearts to yield your will once again. So I'm going to read back through Esther chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. When the king's order and edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Haggai. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Haggai who had charge of the harem. She pleased him and won his favour. Immediately he provided her with beauty treatments and special food. He assigned her seven female attendants selected from the king's palace and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. God doesn't take Esther out of the palace, but it's clear as we read through her story that God is present. He is working for good and eventually he positions Esther to stop a genocide. She goes on to gain the favour of Haggai, the person in charge of King Xerxes' harem. Haggai will later go on to help Esther succeed. Could this be the first glimpse of God at work behind the scenes of this story? I'm going to leave what potentially could be a very awkward few moments of silence. But I'm going to do it because I want us to focus on where God might be working on our lives, uh, either behind the scenes or even at the forefront of our lives. Um, feel free to comment if you have something you want to say um, and something you want to pray for and we come back to it.
um, at the end. Um, but yeah, I really suggest using this few moments of silence just to really focus on God and where he's working in your life right now. And then after a few minutes, I'll, I'll come back and finish with a prayer. So Lord, I thank you that you're constantly working in our lives. I thank you that even when we can't see it, even when it's behind the scenes, even when it feels like you're not there, we know you are. Um, we know that you promise to be for now and forever working in our lives, working for the best. Um, and all that you ask is that we... Uh, we work for you as well and that we spread your word and we bring people to know you the same way that we know you so that you can work in their lives There's a prayer here titled Yielding Prayer, which reads, Jesus, following you does not insulate me from pain or challenge, but your presence is with me in every situation. I yield my life to your care again, and I ask, your, I ask you to work through my prayer and action wherever I am. Sorry, I've got the sniffles, and I promise it's not COVID. I just didn't take my allergy pills today. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Anyway, yielding promise. We thank you, God, for the words of Isaiah 43, the, reass the reassurance of your presence in difficult situations. When I pass through the waters, you will be with me. And when I pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over me. And when I walk through the fire, I will not be burnt, and the flames will not set me ablaze. I'm going to read that again. I thank you, God, for the words of Isaiah 43, the reassurance of your presence in difficult situations. Now this is Isaiah 43. When I pass through the waters, you will be with me. And when I pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over me. When I walk through the fire, I will not be burnt, and the flames will not set me ablaze. 
Danny has said, amazing how we can see, as Mordecai said, Esther, you have come into prominence for such a time. May this be true of us in this pandemic. Absolutely. Amen to that. <laughs> Thank you, Julie. I, I will take the pills as soon as this is done and I will stop sniffling and sneezing. So our closing prayer is, Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. And Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. One more time. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say, Amen. Well, Amen, Amen, Amen. Thank you everybody for coming this morning and thank you if you've joined us later. Um, I really, these set me up for the day. Um, so hopefully um, you feel the same and I wasn't too boring. Um, yes, thank you and Amen. Now, I need to find a great sign off, but um, goodbye.